Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. There are numerous attributes of God's character. He's all-powerful, just, and loving, to name a few. In today's message, Divine Forgiveness, Olua Shako sheds light on how much of our life is impacted by this aspect of his love. ask if everyone would please open their Bibles to Genesis chapter 50 and we'll be reading verses 15 and then jump down to 19 through 21. Genesis chapter 50, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last book in Genesis. It is Genesis chapter 50 and we'll be reading verses 15 then 19 through 21. And the scripture reads as thus. When Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And jump down to verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Verse 21, now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you, and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And from this passage, we'll take as a thought today, divine forgiveness, divine forgiveness. Now, last time I was before you in this capacity came from this same passage, but we talked about how the Lord can turn things all the way around. I can do a 180 in our lives. Uh, But this time we're going to view a word that can be seen as controversial. And that word is forgiveness. Alexander Pope, not Olivia's father, but the 18th century writer who was known for his satire and his poetry and his translations uh, in life. Uh, Later on, he became known for his quotes which is how I began to learn about him and uh, see different things. One of the quotes uh, that he has, I thought was a cliche until researching a bit further. And that quote is, to err is human. Forgiveness is divine. And that can be looked at a number of different ways. You know, the, the erring being human part that we're all uh, human beings and we're all flawed and that we all have our mistakes, but Today, I want to focus on that last portion, uh, to forgive is divine. And as I stated before, as a thought, we have divine forgiveness. We're going to look at what it means to forgive. Look at what forgiveness really looks like. And then why he calls us to forgive. So what is forgiveness? Well, within Genesis chapter 50, Uh, Actually, in the 17th verse, which we didn't read, but that's where 
uh, Joseph begins to speak to his brothers about forgiveness. The word forgiveness there means to lift, to take, to carry away transgressions. And that's what he was doing in the life of his loved ones. He was lifting, he was taking, he was carrying away the transgressions of his brothers, which were great. I mean, e even before sending him off into slavery, they could not speak peaceably to him because the hatred in their heart towards him, especially after the second, um, the second dream and him giving them the, the, the interpretation of the dream, they couldn't even speak to him peaceably. Every time they, they were talking, rah, 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 it, was, it was always contentious because of the hatred in their heart for him. And Jesus said that if you have hatred towards your brother, that you've murdered him. And that's because that's where the seeds of that spirit and that act take place. It takes place in hatred. And we see that that did indeed come about as he was just coming to, to check on his brothers, make sure everything was okay with them, that they didn't need anything. Maybe tell dad, you know, all the stuff they were doing that they weren't supposed to be doing, but that, that's neither here nor there. He was just doing what his father said to do. And when they saw him afar off, they plotted to take his life. Their very own brother, their flesh and blood, they said, we're gonna kill this, this one. He keeps talking about these dreams and, and we're gonna bow down to him. Let's see what happens with his dreams once he's dead. They had murder in their hearts and, and the intent of murder in their hearts, but the Lord saw fit to spare his life. But even in sparing his life, they heard his cries. They, they heard his pleading and his begging saying, please don't do this. You know, don't, don't send me off. You know, don't, don't do me harm. I'm your brother. I'm your flesh and blood. And his cries were so impactful that when they stood before Joseph and didn't know who he was, and he was putting them through the paces uh, just to kind of test them and make sure that they weren't the same people that they were before, they start speaking in Hebrew, not knowing that he could speak Hebrew because of uh, uh, them being spoken to him through an interpreter before, but they were saying, man, th this is messed up. And we know that this is because of all the wrong that we did to Joseph. We heard his cries, we heard his pleas. They had to live with that because when they brought that information, that, that, that concocted lie back to their father, he was never the same. He, he mourned pretty much up until the time that he found out that Joseph was alive. So they had to carry all of that transgression, all of their lives. And now they thought, okay, well, well daddy's dead. Well, is he really gonna forgive us? I mean, I know he said he did it, but maybe he was doing that for the sake of daddy and now that daddy's dead, he, he may have us carry this transgression and it's great. But Joseph didn't do that. Instead, again, he lifted, he took, and he carried away the transgressions of his brothers. He forgave them. But I don't know about you all, but for me, even hearing that and just saying, okay, I forgive you, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around how that does that. So let's go uh, to another passage and feel free to turn there. 
because we'll spend the majority of our time uh, in this passage. Uh, Psalms chapter uh, 103, and we'll start with verse 12. Uh, this was written by one of Joseph's nephews, one of his, his long descendants, and actually uh, the direct descendant of the brother who said, hey, let, let's not kill him. Let's send him off into slavery, Judah. And it's David, like Alexander Pope, someone else who's known for his writings and who's quoted often. In chapter, in uh, 103, uh, chapter 12, and, and the whole um, passage of 103 speaks of forgiveness, but we're not going to go through the whole thing. Verse 12 is a very familiar verse to those of us who've been in church for any period of time. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And that, that's so important. And again, this is a very popular passage, something that's quoted often in church. And we know uh, if you've heard this quoted before, you've heard uh, people say that, you know, he, he said east from the west because north and south, they're poles. And you travel far enough south and you cross that pole, you'll begin to travel north. And the same, if you travel north, uh, you begin to travel south, but you cannot get back to west or you can't travel west going east as long as you're traveling east you can travel east from here to uh downtown Cahokia uh to the airport if you had the the plane and the the means to do that and or I should say you can travel east you can travel west and do that even though it's east of where we are you can travel west and do that and continue to travel west and never go east the one thing that the Lord revealed to me as I was studying this that was a little different, though, is we don't know why he said, well, we believe he said east from west because of what we just said. But when we think in our history, in our, our recent history, it was only about 500 years ago that at least the Europeans found out that the earth wasn't flat. How did David know to say east from west when if the earth was flat, you know, you kind of go to the top and you, you come back to the bottom. It's like there, there's no going the, the opposite way. We don't know that he knew about the poles at all. But God in his infinite wisdom and, and Evangelist Neil talked about this a couple weeks ago in our Bible class that all of the word of, is inspired by God. So in his wisdom, he knew that we know about the poles eventually. He knew that to say east from west was going to be the most impactful for us. So he caused David to say that because he knows and he knows so much about us and knows just what we need, including the fact that in forgiveness, it covers everything, that, that love covers a multitude of faults. And because love covers a multitude of faults and we know that God is love, then we can see that forgiveness is at the core of who he is. First Corinthians 13, five tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. That 
again, we know he's love. So in his love, it is just, just written into, and we know he doesn't have DNA, but go with me. It's just written into his being, into his person. It is a core part of his, his, his person, for lack of a better terms, to forgive. Verse 13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. He is an excellent, excellent father. I'm not going to say good, good father. I don't want to get on Ryan's bad side, but he is an excellent father, and he knows who we are. He knows our, our, our state. He knows how frail we are. He knows how prone to sin we are. And because of his love, because of his, his grace unto us, he provides that forgiveness. Because when we look at it and look at our lives, you know, there are so many times, like Paul said, you know, the, the good I want to do, I don't do. And so often for us, that's the case. We, we, we plan to do the right things. We have every intention to do the right thing. And then life happens and we get in the way of what we want to do and wind up doing something else. And he knows that, which is why, like a compassionate father, he made a way out for us. I, I, as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of something that I did with Nicholas recently. I was like, boy, you just keep racking up debt because he's he's a kid and kids do stuff the kids do. And for him specifically, because he really likes to find out what's going on, he turns up stuff. He turns up stuff all the time. It's like, okay, you tore this up and, and not just tearing stuff up, he tears up other people's stuff. It's like, dude, what, why did you jab the, the, um, the, the pump so hard into Ethan's basketball? Now it's busting. Now you, now you got to buy my basketball. But at the same time, you got to pay me for your Xbox Live account. And, you know, you owe your brother uh, this because you tore up his, his sword. Now you got to go buy him another sword because you tore it up. It's like, Lord, leave other people's stuff alone. It's not yours. If you act like it's yours, it's going to be yours because you're going to have to pay for it. And I thought about it recently. I was like, he, the, with the amount of money that he makes uh, with, um, with his, I was going to say offering, Lord, and that's not it, um, allowance. With what he gets in his allowance, I was like, boy, you are never going to get out of debt. You, you don't have any money to live on, much less to pay for everything else. So I canceled a lot of his debt. I was like, I, I bought Ethan's basketball. I was like, you don't have to worry about Xbox Live this year. You know, just start saving up. For, for the future, but you know, let, let's wipe this out because you'll never get ahead the way that things are going. As a compassionate father, God did the same thing for us. He knew that there was no way we, we could work all the days of our lives and we would never be able to pay the debt of sin. Because just like Nicholas, who continues to tear stuff up, we keep messing up. 
So he had to take care of everything that we did, everything that we're doing, and everything that we will do. Why? Because he's a compassionate father and he loves us. In verse 15, it says that man's days are like grass, flower in the field the, uh, that the wind blows on and it's gone, that he is well aware of our fragile and fleeting state. He knows that our life is nothing like but this. All of us who, who are homeowners, We've cut our grass a number of times this year, or we pay somebody to cut it. You can't even tell me if I ask you right now, how many times you cut your grass this year? Like, I don't know. But think about it. If you picture a blade of grass as being someone's life, that's how many times life has, has been cut down this year. We know how hot it gets in August, and that heat often kills uh, whatever plants and stuff that we have outside. And that's how our lives are. They're fleeting. They're so fragile that the wind could blow a certain way and we're done. And he knows this. And he knows how short a period of time we have on this earth. Over the past month, like three weeks in a row, I was impacted by someone's life being lost. There was a young lady uh, who was a part of Bethesda Temple, and she was really instrumental in the young people's uh, department when I took over. She was about 10 years of my junior, and she died all of a sudden, leaving her daughter orphan. The following week, a young man that, that uh, called me uncle, and I used to take him to, um, take him to, to see wrestling matches and stuff. Uh, he was in a group with, with Scooter, and then many of y'all know him, Cleopas Robinson III, he passed, leaving, you know, his, his five children and, and, you know, and his lady alone. Then the following week, my cousin, Jackie Hall, passed just before her 57th birthday, just five days before that. So she, she got about 10 years on me, which, you know, uh, uh, some of you, may think you know is, is, is old but uh death really tells us how old we are because you know you say oh they were 50 oh they were young but when she was walking around I was like oh jackie oh but never mind i let, let me stop I'm, I'm playing either way it goes whether it's 27 37 57 or 96 like queen elizabeth it's only a fraction of time, especially in light of eternity. And because he knows that our lives are like this, he makes a way out for us. He knows that we are born in sin and, and shaping in iniquity and that if not for his grace and his love toward us, we will be lost forever. Have you ever really thought about it? That all of creation is centered around God's desire to forgive us. Everything in creation is centered around his desire to forgive us. How do I say that? Why would I say that? Because after he created the heavens and the earth and saw darkness upon the face of the deep, he said, let there be light. 
That light was the light of his salvation. That light was him putting in place, coming and inhabiting Jesus in the form of a man, walking a blameless, sinless life, dying on the cross to forgive our sins. Before he made man, before he made anything, before he separated the, the, the waters from above from the waters from beneath, before he allowed dry ground to come out, before he made the fish and the birds and the animals, before he did any of that, he made a way for us to be saved. Glory to your name, God. Verse 17 of, of Psalms 103 says, from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is towards those who fear him. Think about it. Before time began, from eternity past, my God, he was thinking about you and I. Before there was a human being, he was still thinking about us. Before Adam and Eve had a chance to mess up, he was thinking about you and I. We were on his mind from eternity past to eternity future because he wants to spend eternity with us. His faithful love, his goodness, his loving kindness, we call it mercy. It was towards those of us who respect him, who reverence him, who honor him, who love him. We have been on his mind since before time began. Now, I don't know about you all, but that excites me. Mm, that touches my heart so deeply. He loves us. He loves us so much, glory. We have been on his mind. He knows just where we are. He knows just what we're dealing with. And he knows what we need to be, what he has called us to be. And he provided and made that way for us. Glory to your name. And all of that was through his love, which was manifested in forgiveness. Because forgiveness is divine because he is divine and it is a key component of his nature. Because this is so important to him, he also calls us to forgive. When you look at the model prayer that he gave to the disciples, he laid out in there how to go about getting forgiveness. Now, it doesn't matter if you're reading it in Matthew or you're reading it in Luke, the word forgiveness there is the same word and it means to send away to release or to discharge from sins but that's contingent upon us doing the same thing for someone else we cannot look to god to forgive us when we are holding stuff over the heads of other people i'm reminded of the the student loan forgiveness that just happened uh, recently, or that bill that was passed. And that really brought joy to a number of people because now this crippling debt that they had is no longer, at least in a portion, crippling them. Likewise, 
but I, or I shouldn't say likewise. Actually, on the other hand, because that's only ten to twenty thousand dollars, the Lord is wiping everything out for us. He's discharging all of our sins, and because He's discharged all of our sins, who are we to try to hold a grudge against somebody else, knowing how bad we've messed up, knowing how much we have hurt His heart with our actions? Why would we hold someone else when whatever it is they've done pales in comparison? And as his word says, or as he, he's laying out in here, if you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive. So we've got to forgive. Here's another aspect of how forgiveness is divine. Human nature says, no, hold that. Whenever they see you, they need to feel bad. They, they need to hurt because of how they hurt me. That's human nature. So in order for us to even think about forgiving somebody else, we need God's divine intervention. He's got to move on our heart. He's got to change us. He's got to help us see who we are. <laughs> Excuse me. And not just who we are, but who he is in our lives. We need him in order to forgive. And there are two great examples of this. If we want to see Jesus in peace, we got to forgive. No matter how egregious the, the act is against us. When Jesus was on the cross, as well as when Stephen was being martyred, they both uttered the same thing in principle. They asked for forgiveness for those who were doing wrong to them because they didn't know what they were doing. Now, we gotta forgive whether they know what they're doing or not, but they both asked for forgiveness for those who were killing them in the literal act of taking their lives. Forgive them. And in asking for forgiveness, they were able to enter into paradise in peace. If we want to see the Lord in peace, We've got to give up our, our, our offenses. We've got to find a way to forgive. And I know that that can be difficult. And for some of us, we've said, I forgive. But then something happens and it's like, oh, I don't feel like I forgave because this thought just came to my mind and, and it's, it's bringing up all these, these, these memories and, and, and all this pain is coming back. How, how could I actually forgive when this pain is present. Well, we know that the word of God says that when we sin, we crucify Christ afresh. Yet he is faithful and just to forgive our sins when we confess them. So it's not that forgiveness is not there, but just like I, I had a, a car accident uh, 17 years ago last month, I know the day and everything because it happened to be my nephew's birthday. It was a fifth birthday, Landon and Lathan's birthday. I was on my way uh, to the house to go and celebrate with them. And I had a high speed head on collision. Did not have my seatbelt on. So my left wrist took the brunt of the impact. I threw my hands up and said, oh, and when I said, man, or oh no, or something, when the second part came out, the airbag had deployed and my wrist took all of the impact. Again, that was 17 years ago. 
I've moved on. I, for, I forgave the man immediately for deciding to make a left turn uh, uh, and enter the intersection when I'm coming, you know, down down the road. It's like, okay, I'm I'm right here. Why are you making a left turn right now? But he did, and that caused you know a great accident. By forgiving him, that car is long gone. His car is long gone. He probably is long gone at this point. But I still deal with just depending on how things are. Last night with all the rain and stuff, going to sleep was a little difficult because my wrist hurt. There's still, because I'm human, there still is a remnant of what happened. And the enemy being the accuser of the brethren, he likes to bring those things back to try to stir up pain and, 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 and hurt in our lives. But we have to continue to say no. I know that happened. I know it still hurts, but I forgive it. Don't feel bound by unforgiveness. Or don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that you haven't forgiven just because it's still pain. Forgiveness does not mean the, uh, that there's no more pain, that it doesn't hurt anymore. But what you're saying is, I'm not holding you at fault. <clears throat> for what you've done to me. Yes, I may still be hurt. Yes, I may still be suffering. Yes, I may still be going through. Yes, it may not be best for me to be in your presence right now because the pain is too great. But all of that is because I forgive you. Joseph asked his brothers, am I in the place of God? He was like, I'm not your ultimate judge. But there's a man who said, yes, I am in the place of God. I am God. And that was Jesus. He said before Abraham was, I am. And he proved the fact that he was God. How? Through his forgiveness. When the men uh, with the paralytic friend brought their friend to Jesus, tore the roof off of the building where he was speaking and let the man down in front of him to be healed. He said, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And all the Pharisees are like, oh, oh, forgive you. How are you going to forgive his sins? You're not God. It's like, what's easier to say? Take where you've been, walk, or your sins are forgiven. But so that you know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on earth. I'm saying for, that his sins are forgiven. Oh yeah, and by the way, pick up your bed and walk. He proved that he was God because he had the power to forgive. Forgiveness, again, is divine and it is a part of his divine nature. And I'm closing. It is at the core of who Christ is and it is intertwined so intimately with love and with his love. When we forgive others, we show the love of God at work in our lives and not just his love at work in our lives, his power at work in our lives because we in and of ourselves don't think to forgive. If we're forgiven, we're forgiven because we re we're remembering that we have been forgiven.
And let us not forget that he has had us on his mind. He has had forgiving us on his mind since before the beginning of time. And he will keep that, mm, glory to your name, God. He will keep that forgiveness on his mind when time is over. We're racing towards or we're looking forward to the day that we enter into eternity. But from eternity past to eternity future, he has our forgiveness on his mind. We can't be in eternity future if he has not forgiven us, if he has not kept the, the, the thought of, or I shouldn't say the thought, but if he has not cast our sins into the sea of forget and no longer has that, that memory of it. If he had not covered our sins with his blood, if he had not purged us and washed us clean, how and why, or I should say, why would he do that? Because we fear him because we honor him, because we love him and we reverence him and we show that love towards him. His mercy, his loving kindness has been extended to those who do that from eternity to eternity. Let's put our hands together and thank our God for being a God of forgiveness. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Thank you for forgiving us, Jesus. Thank you for loving us, God. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for thinking about me when I wasn't thinking nothing about you, God. Oh, glory to your name. Oh, glory to your name, God. Thank you for being a loving God. Thank you for knowing our feeble nature and knowing that we can't make it without having you as our savior thank you god thank you god thank you god we pray that today's message has been a blessing and makes an eternal impact on your life come join us live on sunday at 12 45 p.m central time if you're in the St. Louis metro area, we meet at 1060 Chambers Road, a little over a mile south on Bell Fountain Road from Highway 270. You can also join us via Zoom. The login number is 314-720-8880. You can call that same number to reach someone on our ministry team or text the word connect there to be in the know regarding upcoming events. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. We are Relationship Church. Come grow with us.